Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host on my left, Joey Nocho Prano. Hello, Andrew Ruther. Live via Venice Beach, California. That's right. Sitting here in my apartment. I feel like this, uh, the last couple Zooms are the, uh, this is like the dirt balls uh, access to my apartment. Here I am, my place. You can see the foamy that I've been uh, surfing on lately with my broken ankle, my broken knee. This is, uh, this is, this is where I call home, dirt balls. So you're, you're surfing? I am, yeah. I'm not usually a foamy rider, but um, I'm, I'm trying to ease my way back in. I've gone three times and uh, basically get like three or four waves every time. I'm trying to... I was saying with uh, our buddy Ben, who I surfed with the other day, I'm trying to get out. Usually whenever I surf, I push it like one. You stay one too many, and then the next thing you know, you're like waiting for a final wave. I'm trying to get out one too early now just to like not, not you know, test God's anger. Yeah. Get out, get out while I still feel good. And uh, so far, so good. And what date did you have surgery? January 22nd. So you're only four months removed. Yeah, exactly. You, you are uh, really rehabilitating that knee pretty quickly, it seems. Which is, you know, my goal originally was to try to surf for the first time on my birthday in July or by my birthday in July. So I had a schedule on that and uh, pretty good considering I have basically had no physical therapy. Yeah. Like, I had a couple, but the coronavirus shut down uh shut down physical therapy like because it's basically you know physical therapy places are a lot like gyms a lot of people sweating and touching you and moving you so my uh at least the ones that were on my insurance have have basically all been shut down so i've been doing physical therapy quote unquote on my own and uh i'm surprised at how well it's taken i'm sure you know if i were adrian peterson i would have been surfing two months ago or whatever, but yeah. So so fill me in, Joe. I've been gone almost 20 days now from Venice. What's the status? Fill fill me in first. Are you ever returning to Los Angeles, California? You know, man, I don't know. I, uh, I'm really enjoying the time here, even though we've had insane amount of rain and humidity and heat, rain, heat, rain. It's this cycle quality of life. Right. And uh, it's like, it's no joke. Like, when I run now, my runner shorts, it looks like I just got out of the pool. Like, they are, they're literally dripping. Like, my dad yelled at me the other day. He's like, and he's right. So, like, you got to go straight to the shower when you come inside because you're just dripping everywhere. Like, nice. it, it's that kind of humidity. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, as a New Yorker, how, how bad it gets. So, I've been battling that, but for the most part, I'm enjoying it. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. You know, it's kind of uh, 
up in there. I'm 20 days in. I, okay, so you've been there 20 days. Almost. Let's, let, let's yeah. say I had to give you, let's say I had to give you a 10 day window that you would like buy your ticket in. Are we talking like mid June? We're talking early July? We're talking September 1? We're talking week one NFL? Where are we talking? Are we talking never? July, probably. July. Maybe, but, but again, my schedule is also dependent on what's going on in L.A. County and also sports. Yeah. So, like. Well, they're talking about, like, some weird, like, reopening for July 4th, which to me is, first of all, ludicrous and dumb. But also, uh, it was Memorial Day weekend here. Dude, it was packed. Everywhere. Everywhere was packed. I don't know if you saw, like, people at Big Bear was packed. You know, Palm Springs is packed. The beaches here are packed. I went up to Malibu on um, Saturday, would that be? Um, Sunday. I went up to Malibu on Sunday and went to, like, the, the westerlies part of, like, Zuma Beach, thinking, you know, that westerlies thing, not, not going to be a ton of people there. Zuma's got a big parking lot. What a what a ridiculous I I mean hours to get that far. Packed. Everywhere packed. People hanging out on the beach, tents, the whole thing. So this whole notion that you can only exercise is ludicrous. And not and not being enforced at all. So then I would say this if we're gonna do that with the beaches and we're not gonna enforce it. And I know it's outside, so it's a little different. It's like, then at what point do they open up bars and restaurants? Because to me, that's the main thing. Right. And, and honestly, I think the thing about uh, restaurants and bars and whatever is like, whatever's open now is getting overrun with people because only certain things are open. Only the beach is an activity you can do. So let's sure. all go to the beach. And it's like, why don't you let people go do this other shit? It's, it's, ridiculous and i'm like i i sit on the fence of like what is the right idea and what's the wrong idea i mean there's certainly like historical proof that like a second wave of this kind of thing is probably going to kick our ass but if you look at the stuff that's coming in from around the country lake of the ozarks the pool parties in arizona it's like everybody's packed into these things because it's like their only option and i don't think it's good well, look, my, my take is I, I'm not going to judge. Like, people can do what they want. Like, at this point, we're a few months in, and, and my take, I'm on the fence too, but I'm also, if you don't want to go to these places, just don't go. You know what I'm saying? Like, because we're, we're so many months in. Now, they just opened the restaurant. I mean, the, 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 yeah, the, the, the flip side of that coin is, if you don't want to go to a pool party at the Lake of the Ozarks, don't go. But then that guy comes home tomorrow to Cincinnati and goes and shops at your Whole Foods. Okay. First of all, Whole Foods? Whole Foods? What, what, whatever. Sorry. Sorry. Excuse me. Trader Joe's. No, not even. Dude, get this. Kroger. There you go. There is one Trader Joe's in the entire city of Cincinnati. Are you making pilgrimages? To, no, I haven't been yet. To me, that is the health status of Cincinnati in a nutshell. Yeah. I'm like, there's one Trader Joe's. Everyone is morbidly obese. Like, people look at me, I run every day. People are like, what is going on with this guy? Like, he runs every day. Rain, heat. I'm just like, guys, 
I don't want to be you. Like, no offense, don't want to be you. Uh, but no, I, I know what you're saying. I was going to say the restaurants opened here on Friday and I was downtown Friday night. There's definitely not a, I noticed people were being cautious, if that makes sense. Like I was there that night, more people were in the park, which again, fine with that. And a lot less people were at the bars and the restaurants from what I know. Right. And I saw, I mean, it's going to be funny. I saw multiple restaurants with makeshift shower curtains in between tables. Stupid. So we're opening up America. America want to see us live. Oh, my dad, did you hear my dad yell at me? No. <laughs> he said, cool it. <laughs> I did go to Sam's club with my dad today. Uh, I'm telling you, and I, and I, put, I tweeted this out. I think Andy goes to Costco pales in comparison to Walt goes to Sam's Club. What, what's his, like, what's he going to get? How much stuff does he get? Like, what's the tab at the end? It's just random. Today was bread, bag of onions, eggs, special K, donuts. I'd love to know, like, the psychological breakdown of people that, like, shop. Like, he, he, needs, he needs bread and some donuts, but he goes to, like, a wholesaler. Yeah. I'd love to know what that, what that looks like for people. I'm going to pose this. I was waiting for the podcast. It's been gaining some traction with my family. What about a, a YouTube or a reality show? Me and my dad. I just, I just don't ever leave. Like, like you, you think the Kardashians is interesting? How about me? I'm exactly half my dad's age. I'm 38. He's 76. What about that as a reality TV show? Sounds like, sounds like you've got to clear out one of those extra bedrooms for Bilbo. <laughs> Can you imagine Nick filming us? Well, and, Nick, just, and, and just everybody talking down to the generation below them. While yeah. being like, you 38-year-olds, you don't know how to shop at BJ's. And then you being like, Nick, what the fuck's your problem? Wake up before 2 p.m. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Also, then, also, then the the Walt, like Walt's head exploding when Nick's asleep at two p.m. Oh yeah. Well, we'll, we'll put we have a bed we have a bedroom in the basement. I know. You've slept there. That's yeah. that's that's the perfect room for Bilbo. If, if we make this reality TV show happen, he closes off that one window and he just sleeps till like five p.m. I mean, seriously though, Prano, there's nothing out there. Living with my 76-year-old dad or keeping up with, with Walt and Andy, like, this is way better than the Kardashians. Yeah. Not good for you because then I'm just never coming back. That's okay. I assume it's all under the DSPN umbrella. I'm, sure, I, I'm, I'm assuming I take a percentage. Sure. I don't, I don't think we've got to pay Walt. No. Just right, he, won't even, he won't even know he's on a reality show. No. Why is your friend Nick always pointing his phone at me? <laughs> Yeah, we have a we have a reality show. It's at it's eighty episodes. It's on E. It's what? You're on E, like ecstasy. <laughs> Walt Walt just walked outside. He's he's gonna cut the grass for the fourth time this week. That's that's what's going on here in Cincinnati. So, Prano, sports world, we're in we're in a pretty big uh, dull time now that the last dance has ended. But we do have some more the last dance news. Oh, do we? Yeah. 
I didn't even read the rundown. Did you even have something on the rundown about the last dance? Yeah, I texted it to you. Oh, I don't even think I saw huh. it. You responded, old, old MJ caught in a lie again. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. That yeah. was a couple days ago. Was it? Yeah. Wasn't it? It's trending now. No, no. New stuff came out today. You could I, be talking about a different lie. I have no idea what you're talking about, honestly. So Michael Jordan, on record, on the last dance, says, damn it, Dad, there's his phone. Uh, Michael Jordan, on record, on the last dance, right, said he didn't mention Isaiah Thomas, which we all knew was a lie. Oh, right. To, you're saying to, about Team USA? Yes. Okay. So now it's leaked that he 100% was lying. And we have a 2011 audio clip, which was released on a new podcast by uh, reporter Jack McCallum called right. The Dream Team Tapes, where wrote, Jordan says point blank, Rod Thornton, who he put the team together, the 92 Dream Team. Rod Thorne called me and I said, Rod, I won't play if Isaiah Thomas is on the team. This is a 2011 interview that is now leaked. So at this point, Joe, he's basically a pathological liar. Yeah. And, and you know, it's funny because I've read a lot of stories about how this, like the last dance was like, the, the crown jewel for Michael Jordan is telling us everything about Michael. Like, the whole thing is a lie. He's just a liar. Like, everything. At this point, do you believe Michael Jordan felt ill during the flu game at all? I don't. I mean, look, I don't. I don't. 40, 45 points. He shows no sign of illness. Other than, like I said on the Lachlan episode, he's sweating and drinking Gatorade. Yeah, that's what people do when they're playing basketball. He hugs Scottie Pippen. Okay. I, I don't believe anything. I think, he's a, I think he's a sociopath. Yeah, at this point, I just don't know what to believe. Because even in the last dance, he admitted that he lied to that guy on the Washington Bullets. Yeah, about lied about him. Just, just completely made up a fucking tale. So, you, you're right. Like, again, I, I don't want people being annoyed. Say, oh, you guys are – it's not being so hard on Jordan. It's just – it's, he's consistently lying. And, and Wait, what, what, I mean, that's not even a real, that's not even a real criticism being hard on him by saying he's a liar. He is a liar. Yeah. That's a he, lot, that's a, he's, he's a liar. Caught, he's been caught in 12 lies minimum during the course of this thing. And also he's on the record of saying, I totally lied about all this and this and this. And then you're, and then, so at that point you go, why am I believing anything Jordan says if he admits he's a liar. And then the things that he doesn't, claimed to have lied about it comes out that he lied about yeah Port grant saying he lied scotty pippen saying he lied sam smith saying he lied jack mccallum saying he lied i mean how many people have to say he lied for you to just be like michael jordan is a lot like a full-on sociopathic liar he is and again this i always say two things can be together at once he can be a great you know he can be an all-time great which he is but he can also be a liar like, yeah. and that's always my problem with the Jordan people is that they can't differentiate, which always baffles me. It's like LeBron, I don't care about a lot of things LeBron does or agree with, especially after the China thing. Right. But I can still appreciate his greatness on the court. 
But the other thing about the LeBron, Michael thing, or like athletes that people decide they don't like for some reason, um, is people jump all over guys are like LeBron eats tacos on Tuesday. How dare he? He thinks he created Taco Tuesday. This is, uh, this is, you know, uh, he's stealing from the Mexican people. This is cultural appropriation. And, and it's like, LeBron's just saying, I enjoy Taco Tuesday with my family. Michael Jordan is saying, I did not keep Isaiah Thomas off the dream team. He a hundred percent did. I mean, can you imagine Let's just put it in perspective. Can you imagine in 2020, well, the Olympics obviously aren't happening, so next year's Olympics. Can you imagine if LeBron said – I'm not playing unless Kevin Durant's not on the team. Exactly, or Steph Curry or any of these greats. Yeah. Can you imagine – just think about that, guys. They'd be I'm like, just, whoa, bitch, doesn't want to be the second best player on the team. Whoa, bitch. Like, Jordan's – he, you're right, he, he's just a sociopath. Yeah. And just lie after lie after lie. And because Michael Jordan comes from a time when he was made to out to be the greatest thing in the world through a very well orchestrated, like ad campaigns, like basically they orchestrated his entire life. Like this is what you are going to be. We didn't hear any of that stuff in the 90s. Oh, he's an asshole. All of his teammates hate him. Everybody thinks he's a, like a gigantic dick. We didn't hear all that stuff until after the fact, till the book came out. And even yeah. then, I mean, even then it wasn't like it is now where if somebody puts a book out two months before it comes out, they have every major quote from the book on ESPN and on Twitter. Like, no one's read half of these books that people steal quotes from in the nineties. If you didn't read the Jordan rules, you didn't fucking get this story. Yeah. Well, and, and, and here's the thing is now Michael Jordan is trying to commit the same, like he's trying to pull the wool over everybody's eyes the same as he did when no one could report on shit. And now it's like, bro, it ain't the nineties anymore. If you lie on film, people are going to find out. And I think that's a great point is that with technology, we can always go back and we see it every day, ruining people's careers. But I'm starting to think at this point- the, can, the, we, can, we, can we title this episode, Cancel Michael Jordan? Canceled. The, the, the people that like will vehemently defend a politician, which is always ridiculous to you, to me, right, Joe? You see these people who, who just will defend a Bill Clinton or a Hillary, and you're like, well, what about this? Or a George Bush or whoever. It's, I just I see that with the Michael Jordan people. Again, you can appreciate what he did on the court. We all do. The guy was fucking amazing. But these, these stands who just don't want to admit all these bad things that he does, it's like, guys. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And, you know, Everybody, we've, we've talked about it a lot. Everybody who, like, is all up Donald Trump's ass for every tweet. And I'm like, I don't follow Donald Trump. I have Donald Trump blocked, like, so I don't even see it. But I got to say, the best ones are when exactly what happens to Michael Jordan happens to him is, like, he has 200 tweets about how Obama shouldn't be golfing, and now the dude's golfing. And it's like, bro, why do you, like, like yeah. if you're Michael Jordan – 
what you can do is you know what you said. So don't yeah. say some other shit and then fucking ca you're catching yourself in a lie. Like sure. if Donald Trump was smart, he would have been like, I can't ever golf because I fucking dug this hole for myself. Yeah. No, I it, completely. It, it's just, it's, it's just, I, I just don't get it. Like, it doesn't, like, you look today, it doesn't have enough traction now that, like, everything's out with him. Because people, they just don't want to admit that he's a piece of, Jordan is just a piece of shit as a person. The, the, the irony at this point of be like Mike. Welcome, welcome to the Joe Prano pool party. Come on in, the water's warm. <laughs> I want to be like Mike when I play basketball in Venice Beach. Every other part, I don't want to be like Mike, right? I want to have his skills in the basketball court. But this, this notion to be Honestly, like to, – to be, to be perfectly honest with you, Andy, I don't even want to go out on the Venice Beach basketball court and stand on a fucking – on the block or stand 11 feet away and, and shoot, turn around, follow a jumper. I don't even want to be Mike on the basketball court anymore. You're done. It's an antiquated fucking style. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, you finished. By the way, are they playing hoops in the Venice Beach court now? No, I actually haven't. I don't know if they're open, but I'll have to I'll I'll have to report back on that one for you. Yeah, I'm curious. See if they're if they're balling. I've had an itch lately. I'm about to about to start challenging high school kids in my my dad's street. Your dad's neighborhood? Yeah, what do you think? I mean, don't play in the in the actual street though. You never know when Will Collinbach's coming by. <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired. By the way, every time I drive by uh, that telephone pole, I uh, say a prayer. Yeah, good. Unbelievable, right? All the stories. And for those who got that joke, you're welcome. So, Prano, you sent me something this week, and now it's become national news, and I love it. I was sharing it. We had a family cookout last night, and uh, my brother Greg and his wife are like, you should actually get dirt balls to do a full meetup for this. The Pensacola, or they're the, the Minnesota Twins double-A team who plays in Pensacola, I should say, is doing an Airbnb for their entire stadium. It's this amazing. Is, this is nuts. I'm going to actually, we're going to test out the Zoom. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if I can screen share the actual Airbnb. Um, let's see if we can do this. All right. You see it up there? I do. Look at the technology. Uh, the Pensacola Blue Wahoo Stadium is on Airbnb, as you see, Joe, for $1,500 a night. And you can have up to 10 guests, one bedroom, 10 beds, and three shared bathrooms. Yeah, I mean, I think this is the coolest fucking thing. Uh, I mean, well, it's so great. Like they put in bunk beds and shit into this, into this fucking like clubhouse or whatever. You get the clubhouse, you've got the field, you've got the batting cage, you've got all this stuff. I'm like, this is great. And it's honestly not that crazy a price. No. And look at this right on the water. What a gorgeous view here in Florida. Yeah. I mean, is minor league baseball basically not happening this year? I don't know. It's a good question. Um, I'm not sure, but you're right. For $1,500, and you can play. Just so everybody knows, you can actually play. You can batting practice. You can play a full game. Now, 
I assume there'd be a limit, right, on the amount of people that could be in the stadium. I mean, yeah, it just seems it seems like the obvious thing is to just get your gang of friends for however many beds there are. But like honestly, if you even get it for one or two nights, like are you sleeping that much? There's ten beds. Yeah. Ten ten friends, 150 bucks a piece, take BP on the field, get get wasted in the clubhouse. I love it. Yeah. I think this is great. And uh I, I just God man, I wish we were closer to Florida. Well, I'm, I'm a lot closer than you right now. I'm glad that you think it's great because I do have some news for you. I just sent you a link. We have put this much, Tug and I have put this much studio on Airbnb. What? And, and uh, it's open to dirt balls. They can use the equipment. They can uh, turn on the light. And, you know, they can just live that Andy Ruther life. It's on air. It's on Airbnb. They can use it however they want. Said the pool, and it's uh, it's open now for dirt balls. So Good go on Airbnb, go on Airbnb and search Smut Studio. You have officially gotten me evicted. Uh, thank you. Yeah, well, I, I figured. You I figured really if you're not coming back anyway. We may as well cash in on the last month of your rent. You really want me to stay in uh, Cincinnati, huh? Yeah. Now, does that include uh, heroin syringes from Mildred? Yeah, I mean, live that, live that savage town life, you know? Yeah. Make it your own. I love it. Yeah, I, I don't even know what's going on. Who has my keys right now? Does Tug have my keys? Tug has your keys. And you have my car? I have your car. Okay. And, we're, and we've made, I think, I think Tug's made a couple copies of your keys so we can hand it off and put it in a lockbox <laughs> for potential renters. By the way, the mayor was a little, uh, he called me this week. We hadn't spoken in a while, and he he said that, he goes, you know, you really should have given me your keys. You would have come home to clean carpet. What a lunatic. You just wanted to clean your carpet again? But he said, I probably would have redecorated. I'm like, dude, what are you, a girlfriend? Like, what? You don't (laughs) decorate somebody's apartment? The mayor. Classic. mayor. I know. Uh, So my only, back to the Pensacola thing real quick to wrap it up. I would love to do a dirtball thing, but it sounds like there's a limit to the amount of people who can actually go there. Yeah. Which kind of kills it. So I don't think we can do it. Oh, you're saying like a dirtball meetup situation. Yeah, that's, I told you, that's what we were saying last night at, at a cookout here with my family. Well, I, just, I, I just say first, uh, you know, we take, we take uh, you know, we auction off spots. Yeah. You know, first 10 dirtballs. Tender okay. the, high, the highest price. Okay. Yo, yo, I will throw, I don't care, you know, recovering leg or not. I can, I can chuck some BP. Gotcha. Well, Joe, you know, what is right around the corner is father's day is coming up here, June 20th. And obviously I'm crashing with my dad and, uh, father's day is going to be a great day to get your dad some manscaped guys. Support for today's episode does come from our friends at Manscaped. Manscaped has the right tools to get the job done quickly, safely, and hygienically. Father's Day is just around the corner, and you probably need a gift for your hairy dad. Make your dad proud this year and get him and yourself the Manscaped Perfect Package. You know what they say, like father, like son. And uh, I will say, Joe, I am so glad, because I didn't think I was going to be staying this long, that I brought my Manscaped, my lawnmower 3.0 home with me because uh, my back is gross, my pubes are gross, and uh, I will get to take care of that before I hit 
the pool, you know, because it's, it's basically pool season. Oh, it's full-on pool season, especially in Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. My little brother just bought a new house, and he has a pool, so I've been hanging out there. And actually, that same brother, my little brother who's a dentist, I gave him Manscaped, and he, no lie, when I went to his pool area, he was raving about it, how much uh, it's really improved him trimming the hedges. I mean, I love Manscaped. I got to tell you, you gave me, that Manscaped has been kind enough to give us both of, all their lawnmower sets going up. And so when I got the 3.0, it was still in the box. I hadn't used it. I, the 2.0 is working great. So what I did is the first time I f took it out of the box, I was like, before I even put this on my undercarriage, I did my face with the 3.0. Love and it. Took down that whole beard, got down to the mustache that has returned. And now that that's happened, the 3.0 will be moved to my nether regions. Love it. Love it. Well, guys, this is the perfect package for you and your dad's perfect package. For a limited time, subscribers get a free gift, the Shed Travel Bag, which is a $39 value. And uh, for all the females listening, you'll appreciate this part. Manscaped products are cruelty-free, paraben-free, whatever that means, dye-free, and vegan. There you go, ladies. For your man. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code DIRTY at manscaped.com. Do yourself a favor and always use the best tools for the job. Once again, that's 20% off and free shipping with the code DIRTY at manscaped.com. 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped when you use code DIRTY. It's dad bod season. Time to get smooth. And I have an even better announcement, Joe Prano. We are going to be giving away a special package manscape package to one lucky dirtball to give to his dad that's awesome so if you guys want to give your dad the gifts that keeps, keeps giving, on giving because he will keep on growing that hair tag us in a tweet tag manscaped in a tweet and explain why you want that for father's day which once again is june 20th our friends at manscaped will be giving away the manscaped package for you and uh, and for your dad. So just tag us and tag Manscaped. And uh, if not, get it for yourself, 20% off manscaped.com. Okay, Prano. Andy, Andy, how many people in quarantine, how many kids in quarantine do you think got a fade with their dad's nut hair clippers? <laughs> like, oh, right? That's had to have happened a couple dozen times. Totally. Dad's I, like, you know, I don't really keep clippers. I do have my, I do have my Manscaped lawnmower 2.0. You know what? I'll give it a little brush, and uh, I'll give Johnny that flat top. Yeah. So, so, so update that, guys. Um, I think the perfect segue talking about Father's Day and dad bods. The match. Phil yeah. Mickelson, Tiger Woods, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. You watched none of it. I watched literally none of it. In fact, I saw one clip of it on Twitter. One, like, 20-second clip of Tom Brady missing a putt. That's all I saw. But it was trending nonstop. You just didn't look at anything? That was, it was, that was Sunday, right? It was Sunday. So I went up to the boo. Ah, um, nice. But, but also, yeah, like, I, I think I talked about it on the show uh, when they announced it. And then I reiterated it with a tweet on Sunday, but I will never root for Tiger Woods in anything. I will never root for Tom Brady in anything. 
had they done the pairings differently, there would have been the clear like heroes versus villains, but they mixed the heroes and the villains together. And for that reason, I'm out. Well, we had a, just a wicked storm Saturday. We lost power here for 36 hours. So when it was live, I couldn't watch it. My dad had recorded it and we got back last night from our barbecue. And he's like, you want to watch some of this? And we watched the first three holes. And that was, that was enough for me. It, it just, I don't know, you know, there's no spectators. They're, they're talking trash. And I'm, and I'm sure it got better. I know a lot of people liked it. So I can't say too much by only watching three holes. But it was six hours long. Six hours. Right. Like, we were like an hour in until it started. Like, my dad fast-forwarded because he has a DVR on his, on his YouTube TV. So we watched it. But, I mean, Charles Barkley is always good and funny. But my takeaway from just those three holes was everybody was so serious, a little too serious. And I think the mood lightened as they kept playing. But it was just – it was – Who won? Like, um, who did win? God, I don't even know. Uh, I think um, Tiger and Peyton won. So Tom Brady didn't have the best team for once, and he didn't come up in the clutch? Is that what you're telling me? And he couldn't cheat because he was uh, on national TV. He was surrounded by cameras. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I honestly, like, if I had been home, I probably would have put it on. I don't know how long I would have lasted. But it certainly wasn't enough. To stay home. Yeah, like, I agree. I, I, I just just doesn't interest me that much. Um, of, like Phil Mickelson, I know has like a decent social media. Like I've seen a couple of his Instagrams, whatever. He seems like a fun guy. I like Peyton Manning. Honestly, like again, I could do without Tom Brady and uh, and Tiger Woods in my life. So like it, to me, it's just it's not even that interesting. Like a grouping. Well, I liked Peyton. Peyton was funny um, from what I saw. I, I think he's definitely got the best personality. And we got to talk about your guy who's tweeting about it. Yeah. Who's now, who's now joined Twitter. Eli Manning on Twitter, Joe. And I, I'm, I'm looking forward to this for a lot of reasons. I mean, first of all, in a way, I hope he doesn't last on Twitter. In a way, I hope he gets on Twitter, sees all the – the cesspool of dog shit that social media has become. And it's like, Oh, this was a bad idea. But Eli Manning for as much as everybody likes to say, Oh, look at his dumb face. And like, Oh, whatever. Like Eli Manning has always been, and will always be a very personable, very funny guy. Yeah. And, uh, I, I'm excited for his Twitter presence because uh, I like him. Uh, he's funny. I can't wait to read what he has to say about shit. And also for people to realize what, you know, anybody who knows Eli Manning has known for a long time, which is he's really, really funny. Well, I will say I've enjoyed his Twitter. I just followed him right now as we're talking on Dirty Sports. How many, how many uh, followers does he have? He's already up to 289,000. He's killing the game. So he, he's definitely killing the game. And he was smart. Basically, uh, you know, he was doing some big promotion during the golf thing with Frank's Red Hot. So, because he's tagging them in multiple tweets. Right. And, uh, you know, get paid. Do you, Eli? Or if that was just for charity, even better. 
Yeah, um, I think he was saying it was for charity. Which is yeah, nice. so good for him. I've enjoyed his tweets so far. Uh, I, I did like the opening, uh, you know, back and forth with him and Brady on Twitter. That was, a, in my opinion, a great start for Twitter. And, uh, yeah, I, I will say it's, it's a pretty nice and refreshing Twitter feed so far. Yeah. I've said that, you know, I'm not really looking forward to it because now I have to spend the rest of my life stalking, hunting, and murdering anybody <laughs> who says anything bad in his replies. But, you know, we all need a purpose in this life. Some, yeah. some of our purposes are to serve. And I will now hunt and kill anybody that talks shit in Eli Manning's replies. So just before you hit send out there, beware that I'm coming for you. It started, it started day one even. I saw our boy uh, from Houston, our resident Philip Rivers slurper, say, like he just like immediately in response to Eli's first tweet, Zach Post writes, Rivers greater than Eli, uh, to which I had to reply, yeah, I heard Rivers tried to join Twitter a couple months ago, but it was January, so he couldn't finish. Oh, shots fired. You know, here I am. Yeah. It, 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 classic Zach Bost, by the way. Classic. I, I feel like he's always finding a way to uh, try to get under our skin to some degree. I feel like, I feel like we really need – like, I want a Maury Povich-like paternity test to see if Zach is Philip Rivers, one of Philip Rivers' 15 children. Because it's, it's the only explanation. I like it. For being that big of a Philip Rivers slurper. Yeah. Philip Rivers has provided you with nothing. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, his old team, dude. I, I have a feeling uh, we're going to get to go to some games, man. You want to hear a Chargers update? Uh, by the way, somebody is being murdered outside my window. Yeah, what was that? Hold on. <laughs> it is black guys on a bird scooters. It's, uh, I don't want to say that they're going like, full gang of crows from Dumbo, but like it's wild out there right now. Wow. Dude, I don't even know what that's like anymore. You know, when you go to the suburbs and yeah. you just hear birds and the chirping and I'm like, I don't, I don't even know what that is anymore. Yeah. They are just, there's just, uh, it's like a gang of like eight black dudes riding bird scooters and they are like literally just screaming as they ride them. Yeah, man. Uh, oh, wow. It sounds like one of them has fallen and maybe broken in a leg or something. Well, I'm sure LAPD will take care of it. I'm sure they will not. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm just going to close the window because this is aggressive. I love it. I, I think it adds to the ambiance of the show. All the listeners are like, what the hell is going on? I like the setup, though. I'm in front of a... Shut the fuck up. I'm in front of a giant chili poster, and you you got the nice setup in your in your room. Yeah. Um, or, I'm sorry, a pepper. Did I say chili? Yeah. Look, 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 did you hear the Freudian slip right there? Yeah. Have you had any chili recently? Uh, I have not. My dad made me a three-way one day. He, like, surprised me. We were doing yard work, and he's like, he came out. He's like, I got lunch for you. I go, what'd you cook? He's like, Skyline chili three-way. So three-ways – Cheese and onions? No. A three-way is the spaghetti, the chili, and the cheese. 
Ah, got a it. A four-way would be the onions, and then if you wanted beans, it'd be a five-way. Got it. Yeah. There's no beans in the chili automatically? No, not on, uh, not on Skyline or Gold Star. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's a different type of chili. Um, so I want to say back to what we were saying about the Chargers real quick, Prano. I think, uh, I think, I think they're going to allow fans. I don't know. I just, I keep getting this feeling like NFL just doesn't give a shit. Yeah. I like, we've talked about it before. It's so far away in terms of like everything that's happened. I mean, think about where we were two months ago and as opposed to two months from now or three months or four months or whatever it is like, yeah, I, I will be interested to see if it's, fans is it light fans is it whatever i mean the chargers i feel like you're gonna have the ability to social distance plenty at the chargers games but um have you you seen did you see any of the pictures in the new stadium they finally put up the giant uh you know they got the screen that goes around the entire stadium did you see it at all no does it look awesome dude i mean it's that that's the thing like i can't imagine them doing a season in LA with a brand new five to $6 billion stadium without fans. And the same thing for the Raiders, the Raiders stadium looks awesome. Yeah. Well, here's a chargers update for you. Um, speaking of Walt street and uh, people who have been occupying Walt street in the past blast from the past. I started getting a message from he who shall not be named. I blocked him on literally everything. So he who shall not be named is now sending me $1 donations just so he can send me messages on Venmo regarding his gross welching on his Tyrod Taylor bet. Tyrod Taylor, obviously now, uh, you know, the starter for the time being with your charters. Yeah. Obviously a placeholder for another rookie quarterback to come take his <laughs> job. Like, honestly, uh, it, it's so blatantly obvious, but I can only imagine that he who shall not be named is trying to make another wager about Tyrod Taylor starting for a team that he will inevitably not pay up. But he sent me three messages, and three in each of those messages he sent a dollar. And I'm like, great, now you, have not, now you only need 97 more dollars. Uh, until then, kill yourself. Yeah. Well, that's a, well, by the way, that's an interesting way to get a hold of somebody. Send them a Venmo message. I, yeah. I will give he who shall not be named some credit. Very uh, innovative to think about that. I never would have thought about that. Yeah, and as much as I enjoy the dollar at a time coming in, I am about to block him just so he can't like send me messages or money on there. For, I'll, it, it's hard to get blocked on Venmo, let me tell you that. If I blocked you on other social media platforms, for a donation, you absolutely can message me on Venmo at Joe Prano. And shout out to all the dirtballs who have been sending donations with Miller Lights uh, requests. You know, I'm glad you said that. I've gotten some great donations too, and uh, I really can't thank you guys enough. Um, you know, it's Andy Dash Ruther for mine, um, and I'm not saying you have to say anything, but I, but I just I really do want to thank everybody. And the most overwhelming thing that I've received as far as messages has been along the lines, Joe, that they're just happy that we've continued to do this yeah. through quarantine, through stay at home, through zero sports. And uh, guys, we can't do it without you, seriously. I, thank you guys enough because if you guys aren't listening to the show, if you're not uh, giving us feedback, then 
we couldn't do it. So we're all in this together, basically. Yeah. And so shout out to everybody who, uh, I agree with you, Andy, who sends that message. Hey, man, here's a couple bucks just to say thanks. It's like, it, it pays for some beers, but it also just keeps us inspired to keep going. Yeah, no, 100%. So, so thanks to all the dirt balls. And uh, look, I'm in Cincinnati. Joe's in Venice Beach. But we, we will get back together soon at some point. And uh, who knows? Well, that, that's why I was asking when you're due back. Because now I'm like, look, I don't have to be in Venice if you're not coming back anytime soon. I could go exploring myself, you know. And I uh, might have to get I might have to get a time. Well, my, you know, my buddy Ian, who's up in Tahoe, uh, the scene of my injury, has been messaging me saying the golf course up there is open. I was thinking about going up and, and playing around a golf with Ian. Or uh, he also, I know, I'm not sure what the deal is with bars up there. Obviously, L.A. is a whole different scenario. But if the guy owns a bar, I'm assuming I'll be able to drink in it. So just the idea of, like, going to drink in a bar and play a little golf. So Tahoe's on the on the table with joe funny you bring up tahoe i may have maybe just out of curiosity looked at a uh, baller house for a year lease on the lake and i mean baller house that we could afford yes so look you and i a fortified compound on the shores of lake tahoe the dirty sports home studio I mean, it looked amazing. Uh, we might as well just let all the dirt balls know. We kind of teased it a little. You and I are really keeping our options open, probably like we said, playing it by year for a minute, and then maybe even having a year where we just leave LA for a year and go somewhere like a Tahoe, like a different beach town, and uh, kind of just explore our options. Yeah, because if shit's not going to open back up and we're not going to do whatever, I mean, obviously everything's so up in the air like we said i think i think what's most interesting is like the the markers that we have like fourth of july is like a a date that they've got like sort of blocked off i'll be interested to see where we are fourth of july here in la and then also where the world is week one or at least the country where the country is week one of nfl yeah nfl has the ability to potentially like get everything back on track sure I, I guess my question to you would be, and obviously we've talked about this, and, uh, and and a lot of comics have. It's like if they don't open live entertainment, which of course includes stand-up comedy, like where would that leave comedians or just people in general in Los Angeles? Because yeah. you know that's still six, seven more months of that. People could not. Don't you agree Like people couldn't stay in town if they wanted to keep doing stand-up for the rest of the year, right? Right, exactly. And then if you're the kind of person who's here because you do stand-up and because you work in like TV and film or whatever, like if, you're, if no stand-up's happening and no productions are happening, look, like, look, the beach here is great, but if the beach is crowded, like, what are we talking about? Yeah. It's not, it's not, the beach isn't as great as it is in Santa Barbara or in Encinitas, you know? Or Carlsbad. Carlsbad, exactly. Yeah. Way, Look, better, swell, way better swell down there. If I can, uh, if or I can Mexico, adjust. Or Mexico, Ensenada. I saw, I, I read a great article, of course, in the Wall Street Journal about 
what's happening in Mexico with the drug cartels during the pandemic. Very smart move by them. Did I I share this with you? No. They are giving out free food to win the people on their side. It's a very smart move. It's a tactical move to get the people against the government. And what they do is they hand out like grocery bags and stuff and they uh, give those to the people so that when the government complains about the cartels. I like that just as you started talking about the cartels, El Padron walked by in the background. I feel like, I feel like Walt heard that uh, you, t- you were talking cartels and he's, he's here to weigh in. He's like, did you say Wall Street Journal? You wanna weigh in on the drug cartels, dad? Hot take. Are the hearing, oh, the hearing aids are in. He's acting like he can't hear. <laughs> yeah. No, but, but. What's it pay? What's what pay? Being on the show. Dad, you just walked by the camera. You're already on the show. What's it pay? Being a drug cartel pays very well. <laughs> yeah, but I, I feel, I thought, I was like, this is right out of the Joe Prano handbook. Yeah. W- win them over. Get the people on your side. That could be me and you. We could I be we could be working for uh, El Chapo's group, handing out food while we do a podcast. Or or we just you know we just talk to the cartels about what messages they want sent to people, and we talk about it on the Dirty Sports podcast. We, we're just we're just a propaganda arm of the cartel. I like it. Do cocaine. It's great. You know what I mean? Like it's just. <laughs> Just like, just like we use all the products. We're just like, I'm glad you brought, I'm glad you brought that up, Joe. Yeah. Speaking of cocaine. Oh my God. I'm picturing. Use promo, use promo code dirty. <laughs> I'm picturing our promo codes for, a, for like the Juarez drug cartel, you know, yeah. guys get 20% off your eight ball this week. Just say promo code dirty when you're getting Just your go to Juarezcartel.com forward slash dirty. Ah, uh, Prano. Um, what other sports news is there even to talk about at this point? I don't, I mean, you, you tell me what else was on our rundown. Oh, I did have the, we never d- discussed it. The new NFL incentives to hire coaches or GMs of color for the new Rooney Rooney role. Nobody likes this, even minorities. (laughs) Well, they didn't go, they didn't go forward with the one that gave people advantages if they hired somebody who was a minority, but teams will now be required to interview at least two candidates from outside their organization for any vacant head coaching jobs or and at least one minority candidate from outside the organization for any, it's not just head coach, offensive, defensive coordinator, special teams. Um, previously, it was only for head, head coach. coach. Correct. Um, and there's been some other changes, but, you know, they're trying to get more people in the GM and, and the executive positions, which look, I think we both agree. Like I understand Right. Like we understand if the league is 70 percent black and there's only four head coaches that are black or there's only two GMs. Like, I think we agree. Like, I think that's a problem. Okay. I, this is my take. Like, I, I think I think you do need more diversity, but some of the stuff that they've rolled out again, like you said, 
their initial plan of saying you get to move up farther in the draft if you hire a minority coach. Like you said, a lot of minorities were against that. So yeah, it, it's ludicrous. But uh, the other thing is, is like the idea that you're not going to hire a like the idea that there's kind of and, and look, I've accused the NFL of being racist as shit, and I believe the NFL is racist as shit, and I believe that the owners are racist as shit. But it's an easy win for owners to hire a qualified minority coach because like you said, 70% of the players are black, like just on a relationship level, that's an easy sell to your players. But I got to say, I think this really comes down more to what, what we've talked about so many times and, and bring it up with the, the nonsensical Paul Pierce thing. And then I saw Simmons, actually posed this question on his show. I didn't listen to it yet, but I saw the headline is he was like, do former players just are, are they terrible talent evaluators because they think that their style of play is the right style, et cetera. And this all spurred from the Paul Pierce thing. And I go back to the thing of, I think that if you can reach a high level of playing at a sport while not being the most physically gifted, you must have a higher understanding of the game. Now, I'm not saying that, that, that there aren't minority guys who fit that bill. Yeah. But, I, but, but what I am saying is I think that there's – and this is really dissing white people more than it is, like, you know, dissing minorities. I'm saying guys who want to be in football but are not physically qualified, like a Sean McVay – you're going to learn a lot about the game. Yeah. You know, uh, like we, we talk about all these guys, like the Gruden brothers and blah, blah, blah. Like all these guys who are like, oh, he was scrappy. And he like, you know, he just really understood the game. He's how he was a league leading wide receiver at Kent State. And he's only five nine. It's like, well, he must understand the game and be just to be able to survive in it. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, that's why you tend to have a, a lack of guys sh- that are successful that are, were peak athletes. Well, I, I agree with your point as far as the great athletes. Like, look, Jason Seahorn's also not a defensive backs coach, you know, because the guy's a freak. Yeah. Like, white, black, whatever. He was a freak athlete. Sure. You know what I mean? Whereas Steve Kerr, as a coach, yeah, it makes sense. Guy doesn't look like he'd be good at sports. Yeah, and, and take somebody like Eric Bieniemy, obviously extremely talented, but and he was great in college at Colorado. But you know, he had a journeyman career as a running back, as a third down back in the NFL, and he's been a great offensive coordinator. And, 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 and you know, a lot of people love to use Eric Bieniemy as the uh example of like a guy that seems to be getting like the short end of the stick here oh he's black but he can't get a head coaching job even though that offense is setting records it's like well look uh seems like every offense coordinator that runs under Andy Reid like seems to figure it out like maybe it's not Eric Bieniemy's offensive system and by the way he did get it's not pros he did get an offer to go back to his alma mater I don't know if you know he was offered the head coaching job at Colorado which he turned right. down Right. Because obviously he's waiting 
to yeah. become an NFL head coach. And good for and I and I hope he does get it. I'm just saying the idea that he didn't get one so far because of racism is kind of ludicrous. I I just, I just don't know what to believe anymore. You know, at this point. But I think you're right. It it would be an easier sell to your team to have somebody that they could just should up relate to better. Yeah. I'm um, like that, that's the thing. I don't think there is a ton of qualified guys out there that like people are going like, oh, we would hire him. But it's like they, people are desperate to do this, really. And and I think they as and by the way, I think that's as racist as NFL owners are. I think they're still desperate to do it. Yeah. Because, and they're just, you know. I think maybe they're more likely to take a chance on a on an unqualified candidate because obviously we've seen tons of coaches get hired and fail. But like, I go back to Hugh Jackson. It's like, oh, we, we're going to give Hugh Jackson multiple shots in the NFL. Why? Because he's black. He's the worst coach in NFL history. Again. And I mean, we I shared the thing with you. Mike Singletary can't win a high school game. I mean, poor Mike Singletary. He went one in twenty-one as a high school head coach. He won more games as an NFL head coach. How is that possible? You, do you know how uh, you could? You know the easiest way to describe Mike Singletary's coaching career at every level? Can't win with him. <laughs> Can't do it. Oh, I love that quote, man. I love that. I, and by the way, he's another great example. Mike Singletary is an all-time great inside linebacker. One of the best of all time. The Bears' defense. He just couldn't win as a coach. Just, I, I, like, I just don't think that qualifies. Like, if you're an, an incredible like – what, like, what do you think Deion Sanders says if he coaches – he's like, and then – just like break on every pass, steal it, don't let any guys catch you, and then when you're when you get 30 yards of separation, start dancing. Like that's not you can't if you're a freak, it's impossible to coach. Well, I've had this conversation with you a lot on our show. I've had this conversation with my brother a lot off air. I you know what I'm gonna do. He's like, dude, you're a dork. Do some research. I'm gonna do this for our show or for a video. I wanna dig up the former great athletes who became coaches or GMs and find out who had the best winning percentage. I'm probably leaning towards Larry Bird as a Pacers head coach or GM, but yeah. you know, off the top of my head, you have Magic Johnson, Isaiah Thomas, uh, Michael Jordan. Um, I just named Mike Singletary. Like if you look at guys who were great. Like Hall of Famers, Hall of Fame quality guys. Great. Exactly. Yeah, or or, or all-star or like multi-time all-stars or something like that. I mean, it's a small – again, Larry Bird, I don't – you know, he, he led the Pacers to some Eastern Conference finals, and I don't know if they made the NBA finals if he was maybe in the executive position at that point um, for the Pacers when they played the Lakers in the early 2000s, right? Like who like, – Like Dumars was an exec – Right. Okay. Joe Dumars. That's a good one. He's in the Hall of Fame. I mean, Pat Riley was like a, and, and again, even like the Pat Rileys or like the Phil Jacksons, it's like definitely not exceptional NBA careers. Like Phil Jackson was on championship Knicks teams, but like no one was like, Phil Jackson's not getting in the Hall of Fame on his basketball. Well, you know who it is. I just thought, you know who it is. It's Jerry West. Right. Hall of Famer and 
arguably the best GM of all time. Yeah. Yeah. He's been the only guy to figure it out. Then look at the Clippers right now. Yeah. So I, I read an article real, real quick speaking of the Clippers. But there's, uh, but there's certainly plenty of guys who got the opportunity and were horrific at it. Sure. I read an article on Deadspin today. You know, Deadspin, like, I, I don't think. Like, like Chris Mullen, by the way. <laughs> oh, moly. Yeah. I wonder what like, he's been up to. You know, what, what, I don't know what you want me to do. You know, I came here. I, I, I told everybody, look, have you guys thought about just being smooth, jump shooting lefties? Have you tried that? Has anybody come here and suggested this? Look, here's what I'm saying. Get the ball, three-point line, bump it. If they go for it, you go around them, shoot a little mid-ranger. If they don't go for it, just can a smooth lefty three in the face and break. <laughs> I don't see how we don't win 25 games in the national championship. Have you guys thought about this? I mean, listen. I could bring Mark Jackson in to be an assistant coach. He'll tell you guys how to back down somebody uh, from the point guard position and, uh, you know, back you down to the post and then swing it out to a smooth shooting uh, lefty with a flat top and uh, bing, bang, boom, we're Big East champs. I don't know what, I don't know what you guys I – I mean, look, we could talk – we could do the triangle offense. We could do the rectangle offense. Hell, we could do the rhombozoid offense. I don't know. We could do all kinds of shapes and sizes. But my suggestion, honestly – be smooth shooting lefties uh, with great mid-range game. And uh, if that doesn't work out, you know, uh, come see me and I'll uh, draw something up on the whiteboard. God, I haven't heard from Moley in a while. Good to hear from him. He's a great guy. Uh, what I was going to say was, you know, Deadspin is back and it's, it's not that good, but I still no, – I, I, Let me tell you, take it one further. This is where I'm at in my point in quarantine, Andy. I unfollowed Deadspin today and direct messaged them and said, I am unfollowing you because, I mean, you know I'm a LeBron stan, but, like, the article they wrote today about LeBron was the most clickbait piece of trash I've ever seen. Well, that's what I was going to bring up. It was Rob Parker, who I think went from ESPN to Fox News or Fox Sports. Um, So that article was saying LeBron has the most to lose – with the NBA season if they don't win the title. and you, So you clearly disagree. I just don't even think that that's – I just think that's the most clickbait tra- – like, what does that even mean, the most to lose? Well, I think, right, the article was saying – and I can see it from – So, from, so besides, let, let me ask something. Besides LeBron James, if we're, if we're creating this hypothetical scenario where LeBron has something to lose by not winning the championship, who else has anything to lose? Well, I don't know if anybody else does, but I think LeBron also has the most to gain. I'll say this. Every single second LeBron plays in the NBA, from here on out, he is gaining. He's increasing his playoff point lead ever. He's chasing down Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for all-time points leader. He's chasing down the top assist guys. He's increasing the like his just overall value valuable statistics as an NBA player LeBron James has proven the winning thing he's not Dan Marino he's not Charles Barkley he's not Patrick Ewing he has multiple championships and multiple finals MVPs the idea that LeBron James can't win is long over and now from a personal level every minute he plays of high quality basketball 
until he starts falling off and and like decreasing his career numbers, he is winning. He's gaining. The idea that LeBron James doesn't win the championship this year, hurting his legacy, is the is the idea that an entire article about that was written forced me to send Deadspin a message and say, I am unfollowing this piece of trash once and for all. Well, you don't see it all from the perspective that there's so much leverage now on the Jordan camp and that side of the whole goat. Nobody is ever going – like, if you think that there's a single person alive who's going from the Jordan camp to the LeBron James camp because LeBron James gets four titles instead of three. As far as I know, their argument boils down to six greater than four. So, like, it's still greater than four. It's still greater than five. Like, that is where their argument lies. Now, we also have to remember that you can take that argument and light it on fire with 11 greater than six, but they don't care about that. Like the idea that anybody's being converted by LeBron winning one more championship is dumb because it just means you've never talked to a a Michael Jordan stan who only cares six greater than three. Yeah. And also it's just like I understand we're starving for content, but if you're not going to say who else has – if, if your idea is LeBron has the most to lose, give me one example of somebody else who has something to lose. You're just saying everybody in the NBA can only benefit by the NBA coming back, except LeBron James, who has something to lose by it coming back. That's clickbait trash to me. Well, I just thought does, of something. Does, does Kawhi not have something to lose by not defending his title on, a, you know, on the Clippers? Does do the, the – the, Raptors not have something to lose by not defending their title without Kawhi? Do the Bucks not have something to lose by being the best team in basketball a second year? If the Bucks are the best team in basketball again two years in a row and don't even make it to the finals, don't they have something to lose? Don't they, aren't, can't you look at them and say, this isn't working championship-wise? They do, but the argument, which I do think is valid, people just won't care. Exactly. So the idea that the idea that somehow LeBron has more to lose because people want to see him fail is why the article just is such garbage. Well, I just thought of something that's kind of funny. Or so, and, and, and by the way, Andy, let me ask you one more question. If that is the thesis of the article, doesn't Michael Jordan have more to lose by LeBron James winning the title? Well, Jordan has stuff to lose. Yeah, I think he does. Yeah. Michael Jordan wasn't mentioned in the fucking article. Well, he was with the with the he had surpassed LeBron by just sitting in his house lying to an iPad. <laughs> so the NBA is probably going to play in Orlando, right? Disney Complex. They have more than enough arenas, hotels. I feel like we've come full circle with China. This is crazy. Disney fucking is owned by China. The amount of billions of dollars China's invested with Disney. Here we are. COVID basically happened in the Wuhan lab in China. Yeah, it did. Okay. It wasn't from people eating bats. 
Well, I know that. I, I, no, I know that. But I'm just also saying that I, I'm shaking my head at like the, oh, this is now an experiment gone awry. I, I, I'm, I'm all the way down the wormhole of like, let's not even, as a Dirty Sports podcast, let's not even talk shit about China anymore. Now they're just, they're literally doing the Steve Buscemi in uh, Billy Madison. We're like, I, I'm glad LeBron James didn't fucking take a stand against China or else he'd already be dead. No, but isn't it ironic, though? You see my point? Is that the NBA, the China thing, South Park comes out with all those hilarious episodes mocking the NBA, mocking China, mocking Disney, how China has such a foothold in Disney as a corporation through their movies, through all their productions. And here we are. Because of China, we're going to end up playing the NBA in Orlando. Yeah. On a Chinese campus. I'm just saying, it's pretty fucking crazy. Yeah. 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 It's, 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 when you think about it, when you get to the heart of it, it's like not even that crazy. It's like, yeah, of course, this is where we're at. Yeah. But um, I, I just want the NBA to restart. Like, just, let's just go. Let's go. Now, I know that they're talking about are there going to be teams playing for a chance to get into the, playoffs are there not are we going to do one through 16 seeds are we just do one through 16 but also why are we why are we not doing uh conferences because because i guess here's the question is is one through 16 the first the top 16 teams in record no it's the top eight teams in record in each conference. So we're keeping the winnings. We're, we're, we're letting this, the eight and eight in from the two conferences, but then we're reshuffling it for 16. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do it. But I, I, I don't see a reason to finish the regular season in my opinion. No, absolutely not. If you weren't in the playoffs, this shit happens. Like if you want to be in the playoffs, be in the playoffs, when at every every single day of the year now you could argue oh scheduling wise this and like well that's life man i mean this is an unforeseen pandemic that no one saw so it's like except for china right i'm saying if you're going to do one through 16 seeds then take the top 16 records in the league if you're going to do the top eight and eight from each conference then just play a conference but let's go and no one has anything to lose. Everybody has only to gain. No one has anything to lose by this. Yeah. Let's, let's get it going. I think it will. You're saying July. We're going to have baseball and basketball back around the same time. I love it. Joe, there's nothing else to say this episode. We're going to keep it short and sweet. I'm going to start cooking some chili with that. Well, uh, follow me on Instagram at Joe Prano. Follow me on Venmo at Joe Prano. Follow me on Twitter at Fix Your Life. Unfollow Deadspin at Deadspin. Um, they're trash ass, scab ass, fucking garbage articles. And uh, fuck it. Follow me on TikTok too. Putting up stand up clips there. Nick's working on one today. Speaking of China, we're going all in on the China game. Can't do it yet. Just can't do it. Well, that's the thing, dude. I got, I, I've been in a whole conversation with my brother, who, my brother John. I went over to his place for Memorial Day yesterday. It's like, at this point, the 
and I used to be a bit of like a freedom fighter, revolutionary ideas kind of thing. But like at this point, you, you, all you can really do is just be like, we already lost. The revolution will not be televised. Find a way to exist within the world as it is and be happy. Run a great sports podcast. Live by a natural thing that makes you happy, like a ocean where you can surf or a lake where we can water ski. And just find a way because – What about a river? Or a river, yeah. Because here's the thing. You're, as, as China has proven uh, in, the, in the last couple months – you you can't you can't even say you can't even say boo to to these powers that are bigger than all of us without them being like oh oh all right Donald Trump you're gonna take care of China how about everybody in your country wears masks and never works again oh my god sad state we live in guys follow us at the Dirty Sports on Twitter and Instagram subscribe to us on YouTube these videos will all be coming up every time we do a Zoom recording. And uh, you can follow me at Andy Ruther. And Joe is leaving the show. I got to go to the bank today. I got to go to the bank. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. He's going to rob a bank. Dirtballs, have a great week. We'll be back on Thursday. That's Joe Prano. I'm Andy Ruther. We are out, but never forget, stay dirty, fam. It's lit, son. <laughs>